Fano. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central on Smart Talk. From Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, political servants, and professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Biden elector Michael Carbonaggi, Brent Hamachek from Human Rights Magazine, Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago, and conservative attorney Judith Sherwin. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Our phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. I guess uh, somewhat of a, another historic program and that we have much to talk about in the next two hours. We hope that you will participate. Uh, and I want to get your reaction, as well as everyone on the panel this evening, uh, to the decision by the U.S. Senate yesterday uh, to acquit Donald Trump of uh, the impeachment uh, two charges that were made against him, or one one charge, but the second time he has been impeached. And uh, I want to begin with you, uh, Brent Hamachek. You're one of our Republicans tonight. Um, does this uh, embolden Donald Trump to think brightly about the future? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Bruce. It's always great to be on your show. Uh, and just a small correction, it's Human Events Magazine. I'm not sure, uh, in news site, I'm not sure if there is a human rights news, but uh, if there is, I don't want them to think I'm, I don't want them to think I'm working for them. Uh, look, I don't think that uh, what happened yesterday uh, emboldens, discourages, encourages, I don't think it does anything, because yesterday was a foregone conclusion. He was never going what about to, to those convicted. what about to those who stormed the Capitol? What what about what about them? I mean, what, well, does, are it you what? does it does it it does it embolden them to do more physical activity? Maybe not as uh, egregious as what happened uh, on the 6th of January, but uh, does, it, does it embolden them to uh, keep getting large crowds uh, and, and bringing uh, guns uh, and uh, projectiles to uh, public gatherings? No, of course not. I mean, look, the events of January 6th, I don't know that we'll ever actually know fully all of what happened, the different moving parts that came together, the different groups that came together. Uh, I know a lot of people who were there uh, firsthand, and I've heard all kinds of reports from them, people I know and trust. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was that happened, it wasn't insurrection. It was mostly a mess. If it was somebody trying to take over the federal government, it was F troop. And if your viewers aren't old enough to know the reference, Google it. So it was the most disorganized, chaotic, meandering through the hallways and uh, making mischief that I've ever seen. And the idea that right, somehow or other now it's going to come together and, uh, and be somehow invigorated uh, because Trump was acquitted in a trial he was never going to be convicted in. Of course not. That's that's I want to go. To, I want to go to uh, Judith Sherwin. She is our other Republican tonight. And uh, Judith, my question to you is: Do you think it emboldens uh, those people that were in that crowd, or others that may have supported uh, what they did? No, I don't think. Uh, once again, thanks again for having me on, Bruce. I I don't think that it emboldens them. Um, it had nothing to do with them, really. They, those people 
were not acting at Trump's behest. Those people were not part of the crowd that he was addressing. Those people were were trying to overrun the Capitol in whatever way they were doing uh, before his speech. You don't was think finished. they were nudged? You don't think they were nudged by Donald Trump in any way to be there? I think there were people who were concerned to to come to Washington and protest the election. I do think that. I don't think that there was anything about anything that he said that would have suggested that he was okay with violence, that he was okay with people trying to storm the Capitol. He never said anything even remotely like that. People, no, you know, I know you want to interrupt, but please try not to. People use the word fight. People use the word, you know, make your voices heard that doesn't mean that you walk into the capital that was was made that that was that was clear as part of the defense and and you are right i'm going to interrupt anyone this evening that i think is going on too long once they've made their point okay well i haven't gone on too long so i would like to in my opinion in my opinion you have and last week I had to do this to a Democrat, and she walked off the show. I hope you won't do that. But again, I, I, do am, that. I am bipartisan, uh, and I want everyone to be able to be heard. You have a hair, pair of headsets, so you know when I'm when I'm interjecting, not interrupting, interjecting. Michael Carbonaggi, we've gone eight minute, five minutes into this program. We've not heard from a Democrat. You were an elector for Joe Biden. What did you see yesterday? Yesterday, and then we'll go back to January sixth. In case I get cut off, Bruce, I want to wish my wife a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you very <laughs> much. The most important thing I will say here Take tonight, she's in the other room. If we end okay. this at 8.05 and I come out and I haven't wished her a happy Valentine's Day, you can get a locksmith here in 20 minutes, okay. so I'm in deep trouble. Um, okay. To answer your question, 100% what happened yesterday emboldens the Proud Boys, the white nationalist, and the far right. January 6th is their new rallying cry. You heard Mitch McConnell say that yesterday. He said, if we don't speak up, if we don't take action, if we don't refute Donald Trump, then January 6th becomes the rallying cry of the far right. The next time you see a flag, it'll be a Trump flag, there'll be a Confederate flag, and I promise you, there'll be a January 6th flag. Congress did the job, but it didn't get it all the way there. Hats off to seven Republican senators who did their duty and followed the Constitution and did what they were sworn to do and upholding the Constitution. Um, As to the other 43, they have to figure out a way to look themselves in the mirror. Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago. Let's uh, have you give your uh, view from your uh, uh, high perch there. (laughs) I thought that uh, the Trump was emboldened, but not necessarily his followers. Uh, Trump uh, is a huge problem for the Republican Party and perhaps for the country because his behavior after November the 3rd was so objectionable. And the biggest, the the most damaging thing that came out of the trial, actually, was his behavior on that phone call where he could have interjected and urged people to stop. I'm not saying that this meant that he should be impeached. There were legitimate constitutional questions about his being out of office and so forth. But I do think Trump will be emboldened. And I think that the Republicans' problem is that they need his voters, but they need other voters as well. And Trump himself drives a wedge into that potential coalition. 
I want to go back to Judith begin and, and focus on one thing, Judith, and that is sure. your reaction to the phone call between Donald Trump and uh, the House uh, ma- Minority Leader. Well, Kevin, I don't have a recording of the phone about, call. About, huh? I, I don't have a recording of the phone call. I know that there's been a written statement put in the record about the phone call. Um, I find it hard to believe that... Uh, Kevin McCarthy would have told the President of the United States to go, you know, what himself. I don't really think that happened. Um, And I can imagine that the President's first response was, yeah, those people are from Antifa. But you got to understand that the president had order had tried to before that phone call we, order national I'm guard sorry, troops and was told to not to do it. For, I'm sorry for interrupting because we have to go to a commercial break. It's well, I hope personal. you let me finish. We'll come. We come we'll back. come back to you, and we'll also hear from Brent and everybody else on the panel. One 8289 If you are a Republican, what did you think of the results yesterday? For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy band. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Did you know dogs can understand about 200 words, with some breeds even making up 1,000 words? Dogs don't just listen to what we're saying, they interpret how we're saying it, too. Tone also matters, which is why Fido gets more excited when you praise him than saying the same words in a flat voice. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Chicagoland area attorneys online at CordellCordell.com, 4320 Winfield Road, Suite 200, Warrenville, Illinois, 60555. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Breathe out 
and repeat after me. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Your bird is eating my candles. Your bird is eating my candles. No, seriously, he's making a mess. No, seriously, he's... Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. You're listening to Smart Talk on AM 1590, 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app, and WCGORadio.com. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, I'm going to go to Brent Hamachek, our other Republican, to follow up on the question that I asked, and then we're going to go back to Judith Sherwin because she doesn't believe she's getting her fair share. My question to you, Brent, is... The phone call that took place between the president and Kevin McCarthy about the safety and about the whereabouts of the vice president of the United States, are you comfortable with the way that that story is being interpreted? I'm not comfortable typically with any story being interpreted. I'm like, uh, Judith, I haven't heard any recording of the actual conversation. I. I just can't figure out what the obsession is. And I really mean this. Everybody, we were supposed to start by saying how tragic the events of January 6th were and how serious they were. Look, I know a lot of people who were there who organized to go in buses because they were going to say prayers and sing songs and do all sorts of things. Some really bad stuff wound up happening. Well, read the paper back a few months earlier. Bad stuff was happening all over the country when a bunch of people were getting together to protest. It's over with. And anybody who thinks, I mean, if they really think that what was going on outside the Capitol was some sort of an insurrection movement to take over the government, I, I'm lost. Uh, it wasn't that silly. It's over. It was a one-time bizarre event with a lot of blame to go around, by the way. Uh, the, by the way, the police really did open the but, gates and let them again, in. But again, my, my, question, uh, to you, my so, question to you, my question to you, and I'm going to ask Judith to to respond to it. If you're part of the 75, 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump, were you right? cheering? Were you cheering what was happening on January 6th? Were you cheering with the results yesterday, or were you dismayed? by the reaction of what happened yesterday. If if one of the things you're concerned about is the personal safety of the vice president of the United States, who perhaps is the most loyal vice president in the history, I don't know how anyone in their right mind can say that Donald Trump did not throw Mike Pence under the bus with people banging on his door trying to kill him. How do all right. Not so let's see are, are we allowed Judith. to respond Judith. to that, Bruce? Or uh, well, we're 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 I want to go to Judith first because uh, okay. uh, I want sure. you, I want to give you your chance to uh, make your point uh, with other people participating. Well, first of all, um, the events of January 6th were very unfortunate for a number of reasons. I was very unhappy to see it, not the least of which is because it happened. The evidence of bad things that went on in the election were completely thrown out the window and nobody ever got to hear them. So that was a bad thing. It was also a bad thing to see somebody, some dumbass sitting at, at you know, Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet up on the desk. This stuff is terrible. It's sophomoric. It's ridiculous. It never should have happened. Was I cheering yesterday? 
cheering is probably too strong a word, but I was very pleased to see that once again, the Democrats lost. Okay, it's like Groundhog Day. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that that indictment or, yeah, the impeachment indictment was badly drafted, badly executed. And, and I have to agree with Alan Dershowitz, if any of you Judith, listen to what him, about the, this what is about not, the tra- these people don't know anything about, about trying a about, case or anything else. What about, what about the treatment of the vice president of the United States who has been your loyal soldier for four years? I, Did I you think that, that Donald, Donald Trump, Trump cared I, a rat's I, ass about his vice president? I think Donald Trump cared more than a rat's ass about his president, his vice president. I don't think he it. threw him under the bus in the hopes that he was going to get injured. I think he was pretty unhappy with him that he didn't like what he did in the Senate. But he was wrong. Donald Trump was wrong. Mike Pence could never have done what Donald Trump wanted him to do. And Mike Pence did what constitutionally he had to do, period. That's it. Does it bother you? Does it bother you? Does it bother you that we had a president of the United States who was so unable to deal with the truth? He couldn't deal with the truth that you just put on the table. The truth you just put on the table is that Mike Pence could do nothing, and yet he continued to go after Mike Pence. And even when, after he knew that Mike Pence was in danger, he continued to refer to him as a traitor. How could you feel it? I don't think I, I don't. Tra- first I want to bring, that's not true. I want to bring Charles that is not into true. it. You show me, show me the quote where Mike Pence was referred to as a traitor by Donald Trump. That never happened. Number one, number two, there were legal people, scholars of, of various stripes who I don't necessarily agree with, who were telling Donald Trump that Mike Pence could do that. They're wrong. They're about as okay. wrong as they possibly could be. Charles Lipson, can we go to you? I want to get I want to get your reaction. I want to get Mike's uh, reaction as well, and then we're going to move on to some other subjects. I thought that uh, Mike Pence uh, behaved not only honorably but with real distinction, and I think I it was too. terrible what uh, the way that uh, Trump behaved um, in in that episode. It was. Does it he have a political future? Hmm. What Does Mike Pence have a political future? I mean, some people would say that what 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 Mike Pence did was a profile in courage. Does he have a political future in this? Climate? He does have a political future, but I don't think it's as bright as the next generation. Uh, I think that the mo- most interesting question about whose future is damaged here will be uh, the ones about Nikki Haley and uh, Josh Hawley because they've lined up on the different sides of pro and anti-Trump post-November the 3rd. And uh, I think that there'll be a real battle in the Republican Party over who the leadership will be. Michael Carbonaggi, do you believe that uh, the political climate today is ripe for the Democrats? Is it good for the Democrats with, with what 43 uh, Republican senators did yesterday? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, the, the Republican Party is in complete disarray. Uh, the Democrats, we know who our leaders are, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Who leads the Republican Party? Marjorie Green, Donald Trump. They're, they lead the Republican Party. And just to jump back, you know, I take somewhat offense when folks say that these were mischief makers and some bad dudes. A, a police officer was killed. Um, I, I started my life out as a young staffer on the Hill. And when I saw the video that the House impeachment manager showed for the first time, 
uh, I was terrified for them. The doctor video or the real video? I I remember what it was like to be 22 or 23 years old on the Hill. And when I saw that the vice president had the Secret Service taking him out, members of Congress had marshals and FBI taking him out. But these young staffers are trying to find an unlocked door to go hide in, to barricade themselves in, texting their family because they couldn't let their voices be heard for hours on end. They had to text. I was terrified for them. It was it was a bipartisan impeachment. Ten Republicans in the House, seven Republicans in the Senate. It was a bipartisan impeachment. It's the first time in the history of this country a president has been impeached twice, and it's the largest bipartisan impeachment ever. It it just because of the nature. Your reaction to um, uh, Mitch McConnell's speech after the fact, and uh, do you agree? How do you react to that? Because Nancy Pelosi acted reacted differently than others might have. I thought it was classic Mitch McConnell. Um, you know, again, the House voted out the articles of impeachment and sent them to the Senate when Donald Trump was still the president. And there was still time on the congressional calendar. But Mitch McConnell made the unilateral decision to not accept the accept those and, and call the case to order in the Senate. Uh, and now yesterday he said, boy, we just ran out of time. If he was still the president, maybe I would have voted for it. Um, again, I think his words are going to resonate. I think his words create an opening for Republicans who want to move past Donald Trump. But I just have not seen a Republican Party that wants to move beyond Donald Trump. Do you people, think it was a people, good... I'm sorry, Bruce. Do you think, uh, Mike, uh, Michael, do you think uh, that Nancy Pelosi was right to call out Mitch McConnell as being a coward after doing this? I, I didn't hear her words. Did she, if she used the word coward, then I agree. Absolutely. I mean, if he, I think everybody was thinking the same thing, that, that those votes to convict Donald Trump and have this country move forward and have accountability, there still hasn't been accountability. We had we had a police officer murdered in the Capitol. We had a gallows set up for the vice president of the United States. We had the Congress overrun. This democracy was at, was put at stake. And by the way, this was not, a, you know, and again, I, I'm also an attorney. I used to be a federal prosecutor. The, the, in, the incitement was not an individual word or an individual speech. I thought the House managers did a great job of painting that tapestry. It's similar to how you would do it just for a moment to say with a bank robbery. It's not the actual act of the bank. It's when did you buy the car? When did you buy the mask? Who else were your co-conspirators? What did you do afterwards with the money? Who did you talk with in the bank? What physical evidence were there? They ran through the years and years of speeches and violence and incitement. And then they said the reason that they were in D.C. on that day at that time was because Donald Trump said, come to D.C. The permit was from the White House. The, The speech that he gave was at the time that they were going to be counting the ballots. He he absolutely did it. And I think you saw seven Republicans saying, I can't face my staff and I can't go back and face my family because my life okay. was threatened. I'm going to go I want to go to Judith. Judith, uh, what would you how would you describe the seven Republicans who voted to uh, convict the president? Are they traitors? Are they what what are they? Ingrates? What 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 words would you put on them? Well, Lisa Murkowski, I'd probably call an ingrate. Uh, Susan Collins, Susan Collins never liked him. The rest of them really never liked him. Ben Sass has always been one of these people holding his nose and being on the Trump train. Um, the only one who surprised me really was a guy from North Carolina. And I'd love to know, 
I'd love to know the story behind that because this guy voted to say that the whole thing was unconstitutional and then he turned around and he voted for the impeachment. So something funny was going on there. I'm telling you. We've, we've got we'll find we've got out one of these days we've what got it a is. Pause. I'm sorry. We tend to pause when you are talking, but that's the clock. Back shortly. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey guys, it's Clyde. Listen, I want to talk to you very frankly about the increasing civil unrest we're seeing these days. You know, you can't turn on the news without hearing about more riots, violence, looting, killings, lawlessness, and mayhem. We also have to be concerned about power outages, epidemics, and quarantines, along with natural disasters that break supply chains and cut off store access. Sadly, I think the worst is yet to come, and the crescendo will be quite painful. However, I want to focus your attention on what you can do to survive. Priority one, in times like these, you have to make sure that you have enough food to eat, if and when the system falls apart. If you know me, you know I fully endorse my Patriot Supply. They're the only source I personally use and trust to get through these tough times ahead. You should too. Right now, you can save $100 off a four-week emergency food supply of delicious, nutritious meals the whole family will love. Go to preparewithgroundzero.com. That's preparewithgroundzero.com to get your food kits today. The future is uncertain. And I urge you to prepare by going to preparewithgroundzero.com and get ready now. That's preparewithgroundzero.com. It is estimated that 1.5 million people are arrested for DUI every year in the United States. In Illinois alone, over 30,000 motorists are arrested for DUI. Driving under the influence of alcohol, marijuana, or drugs is one of the most complex of traffic charges on the books. Most people do not understand the complexities of the standardized field sobriety tests, which are horizontal gaze nystagmus, the walk and turn, and the one-leg stand test. Due to improper testing procedures, many people are wrongfully charged with DUI. Whether you have been charged with a DUI or an attorney handling DUI cases, the book's DUIs Decoded explains the proper procedures for standardized field sobriety testing, breathalyzer testing, and the penalties in Illinois for driving under the influence. DUI is Decoded is written by nationally recognized DUI expert witness William Pellerinos and is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Now, Chief, what's all the excitement about? You're listening to Smart Talk. You should get a medal for this. 1590 AM and 95.9 FM. This is a big one. Thanks very much for joining us this evening. It is time in our broadcast where we let each of our guests briefly describe themselves. And we're going to begin with uh, Brent Hamachak. Brent, tell us who you are. Thanks, Bruce. Well, I'm the director of 
uh, content for Human Events News. I'm also the Director of Policy Research for Middle Class Warriors, Jeff Webb's new organization. And I also have uh, my own website at brenthamacek.com uh, where I show some of the other various independent services I do or provide. And also where I post uh, some of the things I write that are a little bit lengthier. And I would love it if your viewers would go and take a look at the two pieces I posted a couple of weeks ago okay. entitled uh, or about uh, being an American dissident in the 21st century and also mm -hmm. explaining why it is that team left members mm -hmm. cheat. Okay. I think they'll enjoy okay. it. We should also mention that as a member of our panel here, uh, each and every Sunday night, uh, with some degree of regularity, uh, anything that you write, if you want to share with the Beyond the Beltway fans page uh, at our website, uh, everybody's got an opportunity to uh, go on and on if they wish. Judith, that even includes you. You ever want to write an essay that will not be interrupted or edited? Uh, you have an opportunity to do that. It'd be on the beltway you sure you sure you won't cut it off in the middle bruce <laughs> no i'm just saying you know you, you have a knack by the way judith of making a point right when we're going into a commercial break but go ahead tell everybody uh, you who know, you are because hey, maybe that's you're a gathering good thing, quite you know? a following you're gathering quite a following i am really all right yeah. well in any event my name is judith sherwin i'm an attorney in chicago i also have a historic connection with the university of chicago so i love to listen to charles having uh, graduated from uh, the Divinity School and uh, one other school. Um, but I teach uh, ethics and uh, constitutional law occasionally, although not this semester, in Loyola's Law School, and um, continue to practice law, and that's, that's what I do. By the way, I want to ask you a question. I was thinking of you last evening. I went to see the new uh, movie, uh, Judas and uh, Judas and the Black uh, Disciples. Uh, Disciples. Oh God, I yeah. Wrong. Have right. you seen it yet? I have not, and I can't wait okay. to see it. Well, I want you to see it because we should mention, and we've mentioned this before, uh, 50 years ago, 50 plus <laughs> years ago, when you and I first met, uh, you were very much of a left winger, and I would love to hear uh, and get your reaction to this new film, which is about uh, 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 Fred Hampton. And the Black no, Panther know. Party, and how he was set up by uh, the federal uh, FBI, and led to his uh, murder. Uh, and Mr. Hanrahan, reaction to it. And Mr. And Mr. That's Hanrahan, right. you know, it goes back a long, long way. And again, uh, if you're uh, over 50 or over 60, you will remember uh, that. And it was a turning point uh, in, in at least the Black Panther movement in the United States. It's a very, I think, well done motion picture. You know the ending. Right. Uh, if you know the story, right. but again, right. it's, it's well If I could told, say again, one thing, I would Bruce, be very. Uh, what thing. I would be interested in is how a conservative of today reacts to a story of 50 years ago, because I knew where you were 50 years ago. Right, and and you know what? I'm not that far away from where I was 50 years ago. Okay. The world has changed a great deal. So okay, we'll yeah, I want to see that Michael. movie. Michael Carbonaggi, let's go to you and let everybody know. Uh, who you are, the current role you have, and uh, tell us a little bit more about being a Biden elector. That sounds uh, historic and interesting. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm commissioner with the Cook County Board of Review. Um, just had my 10th anniversary as commissioner. Uh, my job is to help homeowners and property owners pay their fair share in property taxes and, and not a penny more. Uh, I'm also a Democratic <laughs> State Central Committeeman for the ninth CD. Uh, before I had this job, I was a federal prosecutor. I was a senior attorney uh, with the Securities and Exchange Commission in the Division of Enforcement, prosecuted 
insider trading, pay-to-play, broker-dealer frauds. Great job. Uh, before that, I was a, an aide to Senator Durbin, and then I had my first job uh, right out of college, which would be my best job, which was and I was an aide to Senator Paul Simon in Chicago and okay. D.C. And, uh, and being you are, a, you are a, a real a, live, you you are a real live Democrat. I mean, you were first and foremost <laughs> a Democrat. You you are very proud of that. And uh, again, many of the guests that we have on here who currently represent Democratic positions, uh, you know, they're uh, they're further to the left than you are, and they haven't paid their dues within the Cook County Democratic Party. But again, uh, it's good to have you. And again, uh, we will invite other real live Democrats because uh, uh, you're, you're close to the power structure right now. How long have you known Joe Biden? Uh, personally, never. I've never met the man, oh, nor have I met Vice okay. President Kamala Harris. No. Uh, and listen, okay. I, I was an elector this time around. It was an honor. Uh, it was a very different experience, uh, considering uh, that it's traditionally, from what I understand, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a ceremonial role. Uh, but uh, the President Trump was challenging the results of the election up to and including the time we went to Springfield on December 14th mm -hmm. to cast our, our ballots for uh the winners from Illinois, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, and it was interesting uh, when the terror was happening on December, on January 6th in, in Washington, uh, I was texting a number of other electors because the question we had was, where were our actual electoral votes? Um, we mm -hmm. Illinois had not been called yet. Uh, at the time that the Capitol was overrun and the senators were evacuated, Mike Pence was taken away by the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. Illinois' electoral ballots hadn't been called. So that was a question some of us have. What we understood was that they were safely never in the Capitol or in the Senate chamber uh, because Illinois' electoral ballots mm -hmm. were not going to be challenged. They were uh, in an, another location in the uh -huh. Capitol, not in the Senate mm -hmm. chambers. Very interesting. Charles Lipson, tell us uh, who you are. I want to say first that I thought that calling back the Senate and the House to resume their business that day was very important for showing yes. the whole country that our government continued even after this kind of a violent disruption within the Capitol building itself. Uh, I'm an emeritus professor now of political science at the University of Chicago, and I am a columnist who writes pretty regularly for Real Clear Politics, uh, Spectator USA, which is the uh, American uh, site for the oldest uh, weekly publication in the uh, in the world, the Spectator magazine uh, mm -hmm. in Britain. And I write for another uh, publication called Discourse Magazine, which is uh, George Mason's Mercatus Center. And I have a mm -hmm. piece coming out um, there next week on conspiracy right. theory. And you're also, you're also, you're, you're, you're frequently a guest on uh, Tom Bevan's uh, Sunday night uh, program on WLS, which uh, uh, it either follows us or precedes us on uh, many stations that carry this program on the radio. So again, you are uh, you're you're well versed and and you're you're spread uh, throughout the media landscape. And I have a face for radio, Bruce. <laughs> you do? No, you actually. But you have a you have a voice for both Look real radio pretty. and television. <laughs> I, I want to move on to to at least another part of the the Donald Trump story because I'm not so sure that Donald Trump is going to be in our in our lead position for much longer. Uh, um, Chuck Todd uh, arrogantly said today that uh, he thinks that Donald Trump is in the rearview mirror. Now, I don't believe that at all, just being as long as Donald Trump has, has breath in his lungs, uh, he will be a part of the, the, the procedure here. 
But my question to you is, um, do you want do you want to keep him around for a while, Michael Carbonacci? I mean, is is he good for Democrat fundraising, for fear mongering, whatever it is that keeps your 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 80 million people, uh, you know, in in lockstep with the Democratic Party, uh, as as part of that, having Donald Trump to uh, kick around every day. I would love nothing more than to move past Donald Trump. I would wish him nothing but the best in Florida, play 36 holes a day, eat a mountain of Big Macs, do whatever you want. Just please stay away from trying to run any level of government because we barely could survive four years of that. No, I'd like to move on from that. But the problem is, as we saw last night, what did he say? What was his response that he put out last night after he had been impeached for the second time and narrowly avoided? He'll be back. He said it was another witch hunt. It was another mm-hmm. witch hunt. So, again, when folks say that the Republican Party is being uh, held hostage, that Trump is holding the party hostage, they are willingly being held. It, it is the party of Donald Trump. It's the party of Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, now and for the near future. I am curious, wondering when we're going to see the Kinzingers of the world have an ability to kind of move the party to where they used to be, the party of Chuck Percy, the party that was looking forward and, and helping people and moving people forward and helping people. Uh- let, let me ask uh, Judith Sherwin and uh, and Brent, uh, you've been around at least Illinois politics uh, and national politics, Judith. Uh, the name uh, you know Chuck Percy doesn't uh, shock you because I don't know whether you even may have voted for him when you were uh, younger. But uh, d- does does anything come out of the moderate the wing or the, the I don't even want to say moderate wing of the Republican Party, but you mentioned uh, Richard Burr uh, as being curious in his vote. Um, you know, I, I watched Bill Cassidy of Louisiana on uh, one of the programs today, and uh, I was very impressed by him. And I was I was impressed by his ability to convince Louisiana voters. He's got a long time, and the the only person who's up uh, in two years is Lisa Murkowski. Everyone else has either just been elected, or you know, they're they're not going to face the voters for a long time. So I'm wondering how many people are going to pay a price, and uh, is the party big enough for uh, Liz Cheney and uh, Adam Kinzinger and, and other more conservative pro-Trump Republicans. Can the party handle both? So I think that uh, people like uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Liz Cheney, um, and uh, Adam Kinzinger are the kind of people who kind of forget where they come from. Uh, they think they're national figures they seem to forget that they were elected to Congress to represent a constituency. Um, I can almost guarantee you that the, most of the people who elected Liz Cheney are absolutely horrified at the way she's behaved throughout this impeachment. And the same thing is probably true of Kinsinger. So do I think that Donald We've got Trump another has break a future? Com- We've got another break coming up. The music is playing. It's not me. It is the music. Oh, you do this on purpose. You're, you are absolutely... <laughs> No, actually, whenever you open your mouth, I press the music. No, that, Thank that's you. not true. Not Your true. Mayor Daly used to do that at the city council. So. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. 
Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Did you know dogs can understand about 200 words, with some breeds even making up 1,000 words? Dogs don't just listen to what we're saying, they interpret how we're saying it, too. Tone also matters, which is why Fido gets more excited when you praise him than saying the same words in a flat voice. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Every day on the Ken Coleman Show, we're helping people realize what we believe, that every person was born to fill a unique role. That means it is needed and you must do it. Nearly 70% of Americans are unhappy in their work and we are not fine with that. We're going to look at what you do best, your talent, and what you love to do most, your passion, and help you see how they come together. We'd love to have you join us because you matter and you do have what it takes. The Ken Coleman Show, weeknights from 11 to midnight on Chicago's Smart Talk. The Red Door has long symbolized safe havens. That's what the Red Door No-Kill Animal Shelter provides to the hundreds of cats, dogs, and rabbits it rescues annually. Animals are vet-checked, spayed, neutered, microchipped, and current on all vaccines. We are a 501c3 organization promoting respect for animals through education, rescue, shelter, and adoption. Like us on Facebook, visit our website at reddoorshelter.org. Who knows, you might just adopt a new member of the family. Set your alarm Saturday morning from 5 to 7 a.m. for Around the House with Eric G., where we talk home improvement and interior design right here on Chicago Smart Talk, WCGO. Bruce Dumont back in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Actually, it's not very beautiful. It is bitter. <laughs> I am looking That's out right now. Very at pretty a totally, outside, Bruce. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty high up, and I'm, I'm looking out at uh, I'm looking out at Trump Tower, and I'm also looking out the at the frozen Chicago River. It is oh yeah frozen solid. I don't know whether I would walk across it, but. It is so cold that Jesse Smollett won't go out for Subway sandwiches. Good one, Charles. Good one. So Google Jesse Smollett. If you're not from Cook County, Google Jesse Smollett. If you live in the United States, you know who he is. I'm going to ask two. I'm going to ask three of our guests, or I'll ask Michael as well. Uh, and this will be our last sort of Republican question of the night. But my question to you is, Brent, uh, uh, I think it is obvious that Donald Trump is not going to go away. My question to you is, who is, at this moment in time, and we've got a long way to go, who is the most viable candidate to um, 
to take the mantle as the person who is the non-Donald Trump. Hopefully they don't do 16 or 17 people like they did in 2016. Maybe they learned a lesson from that. But who has that mantle right now? Oh, it's it's look, it's you're right. It's very early and it's very hard to say. And I'm I'm typically not a fan. You know, you always introduce me as a Republican. I guess you have to call me something. Uh, but the truth is, I'm I'm not. I'm just a, an American, which means I have to vote for a Republican or I can't vote. So uh, of, of the Republican politicians who are out there, I think the, the brightest light at the moment is Governor DeSantis in Florida. He's running a great state. He's showing some real political courage. Uh, his initiative to take on big tech is at the state level is one of the things we're going to embrace with middle class warriors and Jeff Webb's group. We're going to come out this random acts of federalism thing very hard. So I think that uh, what DeSantis is doing to me makes him look like a leader in what, you know, if I may, very briefly, with regard to the whole what happens with Trump and one of the things that people have to understand is you have to get step up like four levels and look down and say, what did Trump actually really do? Well, what he really did is he awakened in a sense of a lot of Americans, this notion of a campaign slogan, that's America first, or a more developed idea that says, why is it that we seem to put our national interests behind the interests of others? And he started to make people kind of aware of that, that we've been doing that for a very long time. Bushes, the Clintons, the Obamas. Mm -hmm. So that's not gonna go away. And the right person to follow Trump who can pick that up will be the person who is able to take those America first type ideas, but articulate them in a way that right. isn't put off-putting and offensive and doesn't involve, you know, a Twitter account so that regular people can grab hold of them and embrace them without that, without those rough edges that go around. So the policy, that, the, the, the Trump policy without the personality, you put up a name of, of Governor DeSantis of Florida. Uh, Judith Sherwin, uh, what name, Give it, let's, let's sit to one singular name, right at this moment, who is the, the titular head of the non-Trump Republican Party. Well, I, I first of all, I don't think there's a titular head of the non-Trump Republican Party. But <laughs> if I were, if because I think Donald Trump is still the head of the Republican Party, whether you like well, we it or be not. A, but there will be but, a primary, Judith. And my question to you is: oh, I, I understand. Donald Trump against who? Uh, come on, play. I would. Play games I would. With me I would think. I would think you're going to see a move by Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz okay. is a much different guy today than he was when he ran against Trump. I don't know if I it's agree. the beard. I don't know if it's four years of Donald Trump. He is a different guy. He's funny. He's interesting. He's insightful. And I think that that he's got a future. I also think that um, Christy Nome has a place. Uh, she's done a very good job as a governor. She comes from a small state with a small population, not a small state, but a small population. But I have to agree with Brent that DeSantis looks to me like a guy at least today. You know, four years is an eternity. Yeah, I know. I which know. is why, which is why, you know, Donald Trump will be 78 years old uh, in, in 2024. I don't know if he's going to be really interested in going through all this stuff again. So right. DeSantis looks like a really good shot. Okay, Cruz we've got looks DeSantis like a good shot. you, Cruz. Now let's go to someone else and let's get to Charles Lipson's uh, answer to the same question. 
It's a broad I, field. I out think there. you have to divide it, Bruce. I think that the voice that you'll hear day by day is Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell as the spokespeople because they're the highest elected Republican yeah. officials. I think that there are four or five people who are uh, jockeying for position uh, mm. to lead the party, and they will pick all one. be you got to pick one, Charles. Uh, if game, I had to pick, pick one, one. I, I guess I would say um, Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton, okay. I, I, w I would add, by the way, that Nikki Haley will be the popular choice of the media. I don't That's know whether correct. she's going to be very well within the party, but again, uh, sh her comments yesterday. DeSantis uh, is a up. great candidate, though. He's going to be a very strong candidate. Right. Okay, and let's go to Michael Carbonacci and again... Uh, asking you to look across the aisle. The music is now playing for you, Michael, so you got to give us a short <laughs> answer. Uh, who, go for it, Mike. those Republicans, <laughs> your, your record is broken, Judith. Go ahead, Mike. Do I have time? Yeah. Tell uh, me. You tell me. All I'm yeah, looking no, for is I, one I, name. <laughs> I don't think anybody's running for president. I think they're running for vice president. I think the fear is that Donald Trump, now that he hasn't been impeached and removed from running again, he, he, he is going to be running in four years, or at least pushing anyone else from running. So none of them can go out and say, I want to be a candidate before they get kneecapped by Donald Trump. The best they can do is say, boy, I am unfailingly loyal to a guy who has been laughably disloyal to everybody. I want so to be no vice one, president. So no one is going to have the stamina, the guts, the gonads, whatever, to stand up and say, I am I am the anti-Trump. You don't think there's anybody oh, on the political I don't think any of them that we mentioned are well, well, the anti-Trump at all. No, what, what, Bruce, just to answer that, I said, you know, recent events have just shown that the party is in disarray. The Republican Party has lost the White House, the Senate, the House. They don't have a platform. We've got a pause. We've got a pause. 140,000 Republicans Michael, left we've got party. a pause. The music is playing. We're going to be back for another full hour of Beyond the Beltway. Don't touch that dial or... YouTube page or wherever you're listening or watching us tonight. I'm Bruce Dumont from Frigid, Chicago. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. 
I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. We continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. Tonight we have Michael Carbonaggi. He is a real live Democrat. He was a Biden uh, elector, and he also is the on the Board of Tax Review in Cook County, which is one of the largest counties in the United States. Charles Lipson from the University of uh, Chicago joins us, hails from Marks, Mississippi. Judith Sherwin is a conservative uh, uh, lawyer, once upon a time a very left-wing uh, lawyer, but uh, that was a, she wasn't a lawyer when she was left-wing, but she was... Pretty left wing back in the 60s. And uh, Brent Hamachek, who is with Human Events Magazine, uh, he joins us. He uh, says he doesn't want the, you don't want the title Republican, but you sort of think like a Republican and you talk like a Republican. But you're well, if I'm going to vote for somebody, I have to vote for, a Republican, vote for a Republican because Republican. I certainly can't <laughs> vote for a Democrat, right? Well, there you go. I th- then I would say you're probably a Republican. Uh, we've got some callers on the line. They have been very patient waiting. Let's move on. Let's reach out to the great state of Washington where Dave is listening to us or watching us tonight. Dave, go ahead. Hey, guys. Well, I feel like we used to be a greater state before we got so uh, leftist here. We're going towards uh, Chicago, Illinois, and everywhere else. But yeah. on this uh, well, it's Toronto, a beautiful state. I'll tell you, it is a beautiful state. Thank you. Uh, I'm so irritated by uh, the 
emotional status that people seem to be taking on things rather than a logical, critical thinking type uh, thought process. Um, or even though the, this, this process was not a legal process, it's a political process, we still have the underlying fundamental basis in this country of justice that you are innocent until proven guilty. And if we could get into people's souls, I would have been willing to bet that the overwhelming majority of people who voted guilty already had it in their hearts he was guilty at the beginning of this whole charade. Uh, I mean, when you have, if this was a fact-based, you know, legal-type issue, you would have heard objection, hearsay, speculation, relevance, all over the place, you know. All they kept saying was reportedly this, reportedly that, anonymous sources, this and that. I mean, so ridiculous. Uh, and, Dave, I mean, don't, you, all, Dave, all don't you think that's... Don't you think that's both sides, though? I mean, the only person uh, who was publicly stated that he was moved by the uh, by the trial was Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and uh, I can see how he made uh, an adjustment. No, I, I I believe both sides have the same basic issues of not like going in with an open, objective mind. Uh, right. And as far as the people that voted for conviction on the Republican side, I mean, I think Burr and Toomey, neither one are running for re-election, and most they of the others not. don't have an election for a while, except for Murkowski, right. who I think is going to regret what she did. Actually, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you hear Murkowski say she's retiring over the next year or so, that she's not going to run for re-election, because she's totally yeah. lost any chance of, of getting a win. Uh, and when you talk about the next uh, presidential nominee, when I heard you say that, Nikki Haley just shot herself in the foot if she ever thought she was running for president because, I mean, she's, I don't, she's trying to p- appeal to the mainstream Republican Party, but she just lost a lot of the base that totally objects to this whole trial and the whole way that Trump's been treated, you know, throughout the whole four Dave, years. You know, you, you got McConnell. Let me, Dave, let me, let, let me ask you this question about, because obviously McConnell, uh, he went further out than, uh, than Nikki Haley yeah. did, although he certainly isn't running for president of the United States at any point. My question to you is, um, there were 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump. There were, let's say, several thousand. I don't think I have a really good grasp on the number of people that were there, but let's say there were several thousand there. Uh, Of those several thousand, there were several hundred that appeared to be in the front line of those storming the Capitol. So there's there's a lot of people in the 74 million people who didn't go to Washington? They didn't storm the 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 uh, the, the, uh, the Capitol, and uh, you know they 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 may have listened to Mitch McConnell yesterday, and they may have listened to Bill Cassidy, who changed his mind during the trial, or to Burr, although Burr came in late. Um, but I'm wondering: is of the 74 million people, how many of them were enthusiastically cheering? What was happening on the Capitol and believed in it and supported it. I mean, see that to me, that's the unanswered question. I mean, how many Republicans, really, at, at this moment, how many Republicans right now? And, you, and if you're a Republican listening to this program, how many right now would go and vote for Donald Trump again tomorrow if he was a candidate for president of the United States? I, I'm not it sure. It depends sure on their... four million people. No, and it depends on the media persuasion, because I'm telling you, the media pushes things in such a negative light all the time. That's why the polls and everything else always tend to stream against him a, a lot more than they normally would, because 
every media station paints it in the same way. You see all the pictures of that day and the, the storming of the Capitol. And yes, there was, there was hundreds of people, even possibly a thousand people right outside the Capitol. But if you just sit there and watch the screen and don't get caught up in the moment of thinking, oh my God, people are going to the Capitol. And you look at some of the people that are about 10, 15, 20 feet back from the actual building, they're just standing there and watching. They are not the people that are actually entering in and trying to break things and hurt people. Dave, that was probably... Go ahead. Dave, these are the, the, these are the people... And, and those that were not even there, these are the 74 million people that I'm talking about. Those 74 million people uh, in, in three and a half, four years, they're going to have an opportunity to vote in a primary. And I'm just wondering yep. how many were lost. Maybe none of them were lost. I don't know. None of them. I don't, I don't, none of them. No, and I, I, I think in four years, four years from now, people's memories are short. And you might lose a few million because, yeah, there are some that just barely voted okay. for Trump, I'm sure, because, hey, he's the only alternative, just like the Democrats have the same thing with Biden. But you're going to lose a few, but you're not going to lose as many as a lot of the Democrats think because of short-term memory that people have. The same with Murkowski. She has a chance maybe if she tries to run because of short-term memory, but I doubt it. But, yeah, I just get upset that the only way you could come to a conviction um, you know, status on this, on this whole sham was that you had to think emotionally, and you probably had to actually think beyond incitement of a riot, and you had to think dereliction of duty, which was not a charge that you could come to a conclusion on because they didn't charge that. And, and that's the only way you could come to that conclusion because there was no incitement you know, evidence, overwhelming, especially if you go okay. in innocent until proven guilty. Dave, I appreciate your comments very much from the great state of Washington. Let's go to New Hampshire, where Steve is listening to us tonight. Go ahead, Steve. Are you listening on the radio station, on YouTube? How are you listening? How are you seeing us tonight, watching us? Watching it on YouTube. Very good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have some questions. Uh, first, uh, to my knowledge, when a Someone gets elected to uh, Congress, and I've been only hearing pieces, so if I'm repeating something that Michael and his eloquence may have already mentioned, uh, I apologize. But Judith mentioned something about Cheney, King's, you know, a number of the people in the House who voted for impeachment, as if they didn't have a duty to do what they thought was to defend the United States and the Constitution. Their oath, to my knowledge, unless it's changed, maybe Judith has changed it, or uh, Charles, but Charles is uh, certainly not one in that camp, uh, that when you get elected, the oath is not to your Republican or Democratic Party, and that these people have conscience, and if they decided that Liz Cheney cannot be considered any stretch of liberal at all, and I would probably disagree with 90% of what Liz Cheney politically, policy-wise, uh, says, uh, would, would want, but in terms of her understanding what her obligations were, she was 100% correct. And the idea that uh, someone who's elected to Congress only votes for their constituents, which in Judith's opinion, I assume, is those who voted for you, not the rest of the people who might be in your uh, district or in your state. In, in Cheney's case, I'm so glad state. you raised so that. That's one point. When we come back, we're going to let Judith respond to your question Thank at you. the other end with the music. And uh, we'll also hear from Charles Lipton, who's uh, piped in here. We'll hear from both of them as well as all of our guests. I'm Bruce Dumont, 1-800-723-8289.
For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Our stay-at-home dogs often howl, but why? Well, wolves and dogs howl to guide members back to safety, and that can transfer to you pulling up in your driveway. On the other hand, we cry when we're hurt, and so do dogs. If your normally quiet dog begins suddenly howling, they may be alerting you to an injury. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Hey folks, it's Elizabeth Alfano, host of Plant-Based Life and Style. Tune in every Sunday right here on WCGO. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Uh, I want to go to Charles Lipson, who is uh, about to... uh, uh, Elaborate on the Steve's Don't call forget from me. New Hampshire. But let him and go first. How can we'll we forget you, for Ju- Judith? Music to to begin for Judith. <laughs> <Could've started. laughs> go ahead, uh, Charles. Uh, make make your point, and then we're going to move to uh, Judith. Uh, I am glad that the issue of whether to represent your conscience or your best judgment on the one hand, or your constituents on the other, came up, because this has been a fundamental issue in democratic politics for over 200 years, and in fact, the person who first raised it was Edmund Burke, 
the patron mm -hmm. saint of conservatives. He resigned his seat uh, for uh, uh, Bristol, which was a port uh, in England, uh, because he didn't want to vote for uh, what his constituents there wanted with regard to trade policy. Okay. And he told mm -hmm. them, he said, I, I don't owe you my vote. I owe you my best judgment. And all I can say is that this has never been a resolved issue. This is always going to be a tension in uh, politics. I'm sure that Liz Cheney didn't think she was advancing her political career uh, by taking that position. She must have thought it was important in its own right. And also, by um, the way, before we go to before we go to Judith, let me make the point that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you you represent your conscience, and it is up to your uh, state uh, elector of uh, voters, uh, whether they be state or congressional voters, they make the decision as to whether they like you or not and want to send you back. And so if you stand up and do something that is, uh, you know, vehemently opposed to your constituency, you may pay a price. But that's sure. that's the way it is. I, I don't know if if Adam Kinzinger were to run or is planning to run again, uh, would he win or not? But again, you know, he is he is principled, I do believe, in, in what his plan is. And uh, so be it. Let him let him fight it. What's what's wrong with uh, having a little competition, Judith? There's nothing wrong with having a little competition, and I think I think there was a, a basic misunderstanding of what I said. First of all, I think that I don't know what Lynn Cheney thought she was doing to her political career when she decided to vote to impeach Donald Trump. Okay, on on completely bogus evidence. Okay, skewered evidence, made up evidence, and various other. Um, uh, you know, ideas that, that people came up with who have always disliked Donald Trump, including people in her own party. Okay. Um, I think including what I said, well, let me finish. What I said was many of these people who go to Congress, certainly this is true of the senators, decide that they are no longer creatures of their state. Of course, they take an oath to the Constitution. Part of her oath to the Constitution, and this is true of the senators, certainly in this situation, is they decided that it was okay under the Constitution of the United States, which it is not, I would argue, to impeach a private citizen. And Liz Cheney knew that when she voted for an impeachment, that's what she was voting for. So her her duty to her Constitution, I think, was a little bit left in the lurch. That's number one. Number two, I do think that with her duty to the Constitution, she also has a duty to her constituents. And, and they are not mutually exclusive, but you do have to remember where you came from. Okay? And okay. to the extent that your duty to your constituents does not upset your duty to the Constitution, I think you need to pay attention to both of those believe, things. Do, do you believe then, let me just ask this to everybody, I mean, do you believe that uh, if, if the voters in her congressional district want to kick her out, let them do that in two Absolutely. years? Absolutely. But it is not a good idea. And I think this for Republicans and Democrats and those people that support that party. I don't like the idea of someone in Illinois jumping in and deciding they're going to 
they're going to they're going to weigh in on who should be uh, representing uh, her district in Wyoming. I don't think that's right. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't play, say that anybody should backyard. do that. Well, that's what Matt no, Gates no, no. did in I didn't Florida. Well, he Matt flew Gates out is there. not. Right. He's right. not one of the brightest lights in the in the, in the constellation down there. No, that's I right. never said I that anybody on. should do that. That's not legitimate. I hear you. I want to move on. I want to. I want to move on. I want to move on to Michael Carbonaggi because. You know, you, you have control of the Senate, you've got the House, you have the presidency, and, and all the problems that we have in the country now, they can, be, they can be wrapped up and they can be put on the Democratic desk. So my question to you is, Michael, um, there are millions of Americans who are furious that public schools in their respective states are closed They've been waiting for well over a year to get them open. So part of their ire is against the previous administration. But all that ire now is on you because your guy said that he wanted to open schools in 100 days and basically had a plan to get the school children back to school. And it appears at this moment, only you know a month into his administration, that he doesn't have quite the plan in place that everyone on his team, including many of the teachers' unions, agree with. Why is it taking so long to get kids back in school, period? Michael. Let's have some perspective. We're on day 27 of the Biden-Harris administration here. Right. Um, you know, the, Trump, the Trump administration botched the vaccine rollout and everything related to COVID-19 for the past year, and it made it more difficult for the Biden administration coming in. We also have to realize that while we have more vaccines coming online, there are still 100,000 people every day getting infected and from 1,500 to 2,000 people a day dying from it. So we still schools, need to mask. Michael, we, schools. I, I will. Schools, I'm, yes, schools. Yes, but I'm, but I'm getting there. CDC, Michael. Well, talk about the CDC. Because, because, because well, I, it's my understanding the CDC today released their school and return to school program, their RTS program. So we filed. So All of which says we're, go back to school. So we have a we're, well. Hold on. We we have to say we're we're about a month in, and we already have a CDC director who's out front speaking with one voice on behalf of the federal government, with science leading and not politics. Oh clearly, please, clearly please give saying, me give me a break. Clearly saying, saying, science leading. Clearly saying, clearly saying, clearly saying, clearly saying that, that. Michael, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, Michael. That's right. Exactly Jude, right. Charles so, Lipson. Charles Lipson has a comment or a follow-up on that. Michael. As soon as the CDC director said that it was safe to go back to schools, she was remonstrated by Jen Psaki, uh, the White House press spokesman, as, as saying she was somehow speaking in her personal capacity, whatever right. the heck that means. There is it seems to thing. me that the real problem here is very straightforward. The Democratic Party is torn between parents who want to send their kids back to school and the teachers union, which is such an important part of the Democratic Party base. And I don't I can understand why if you're Joe Biden and you're basically a weather vane rather than pointing in no. one direction on this. Right, you're not he's been, he has it. been clear, and I know let's you want to play clear. the insider game. One day a week? play the insider game. He's not what, clear. The, one day a week? On. Oh, oh, please. Folks, the, the chair recognizes Michael to respond. And that she speaks on behalf of the CDC, and she's speaking clearly on what their plan is, and they're rolling it out. 
But, no, and, there's and she, his what plan is very, to send what people she was very to school clear about one day a week, was that we are a month still from in now. the middle of the pandemic. We still have 100,000 people what, a day right. getting infected. We have thousands oh, every day okay. dying. You can right, spin from now until Doomsday. It's not helping. Sorry. Judith, down, 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 down. Michael. Would you acknowledge that many people who are within your constituency and people in Illinois, the idea of, of going to school one day a week is, is not something they believed that Joe Biden was going to give them, especially right. when many schools in this country right. already <laughs> go one day a week or more. Right. So, again, I'm, I'm getting into whether there's a, a broiling cons, uh, con, uh, consistency out there, constituency out there that is ready to literally boil up. Now, again, part of that constituency are teachers, but part of the, the, a, a larger portion of those people are parents. And I'm wondering, what, how do you rile up those parents more than they're, they're riled up right now? Everyone wants to get back to normal. Everybody wants to go back to school and go back to work. But I say hats off to the Biden administration for the first 30 days having a CDC that is coming out with a plan and working with governments and local school districts. We have we if, if there's not a, a, switch, a light switch to flip to automatically get every student back into school. I've got two high school students and I just dropped off their saliva test for their school this afternoon so they can go back in for two days a week for hybrid. And they have a dashboard that I as a parent can see with all the outbreaks in their school and in the community. I want that what to happen you, to every school. We live in a well-off you, community where but we have Michael, Not every student has that. Michael, would you acknowledge that last year, when the Trump administration said that they were going to be turning over much of this, the, the follow-through on COVID to states, that many states, including Illinois, many states did nothing or screwed it up? I mean, no, what we're I, dealing with what, now is we're dealing with states that didn't get their act together. They didn't repair schools. They didn't do anything right. else. What you had got, was Donald got Trump like $64 and, billion dollars waiting and, to be spent. You had Donald Trump in April and May and said this is a state problem. The states were begging. It the is a state problem. The federal, no, because okay. there's things. And now you're saying it's a state a, problem. You just what, said it. What, what it's what a I'm, local no, problem be, be, to fix the second. schools. Because got Bruce a, goes back to a year ago and talks about where we were a year ago. If we had shown leadership at that time and had the, de, uh, had the Defense Production Act ramped up and we'd had more equipment. To do what with the schools? It's a local Catholic. problem. We have the same problem with the vaccine distribution. We've got to pause. The music is a play-in again. 1-800-723-8289. Michael Carbonacci is our Democrat. Our Repub- Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. 
If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org/caregiving for care guides and community support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who is it? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to ancientlifeoil.com. CBD, broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm, from brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full-spectrum and 0% THC on broad-spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you looking for a way to be creative right now? Have you ever wanted to learn how to watercolor paint? You can now do that from the comfort of your own home with Zoom watercolor classes. Finally, a fun Zoom call to look forward to. Get professional, real-time instruction from nationally showing artist Victoria Elizabeth. She's an artist from the Chicagoland area and has a degree in watercolor painting. These classes are step-by-step, so everything is broken down with easy-to-understand instructions. Our painting subjects are nature scenes, landscapes, botanicals, and more. The benefit of real-time instruction is you get to ask for help whenever you need it. The classes are affordable, too at just $15 a class for two hours of instruction. Visit her website at victoriaelizabethart.com to find out more about these Zoom classes, events, workshops, and more. Again, that website is victoriaelizabethart.com. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back in Frigid, Chicago. Nice to have you with us. And before we go too much further, we wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, of course, in Chicago is always very special, certainly since 1929 when the famous St. <laughs> Valentine's Day massacre took place over on Clark Street. But, um, again, we it, it's still, you know, 1929, and we're, we're still known for it. But anyway, I want to go shooting. back to... Uh, uh, Bruce, I, I find go... that Valentine's Day massacre interesting because we yes. have more people killed almost every weekend in Chicago That's right. than the Valentine's Day massacre. It's so interesting because we've been talking a lot during this program about public perceptions, mm-hmm. right? And the public perception, uh, in fact, for many years, if you told people in Europe you were from Chicago, they would make a Tommy gun. Right. Yes. Uh, emotion and that right. was six people we have 10 and 12 people killed on ordinary right. weekends in chicago <laughs> yeah. like it's, this it's one. worse now than it was in the in the 20s and 30s right uh, brenda you know who wanna... changed you know who changed that that viewpoint charles who michael jordan yes he when, did. when that's true that's right and when when i was in israel many years after that instead of people you know making the tommy gun they all went 
Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. <laughs> so he single-handedly changed our, our image. I think we're back to the old one, though, unfortunately. Rhonda, and, and Bruce, I want to go Bruce, back to you uh, on the subject. Talk- go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, since Michael. we're talking about um, the anniversaries of uh, mass murder, I just want to mm-hmm. take a moment. This is the uh, third anniversary of the Stoneman Douglas High School mass shooting and mass murder in, in Parkland, Florida. So um, keep those families, which it, that wasn't 1929. That was three years ago. And those families and those survivors are still struggling with that today. So keep them That's in true. your prayers. Brent, I want to go back to what we were discussing before the last break, and that is uh, who the public is likely to blame or is blaming for uh, what's happening in our public schools. Again, to the public schools that are not yet open. That isn't necessarily everyone who's listening or watching this broadcast this evening because obviously it, it is different uh, in certain areas but certainly in, in large metropolitan areas like Chicago uh, the schools uh, you know are not open with with the full degree of teaching there there and and I, we have our teachers union here that that doesn't want to go back until they get their vaccines uh, is, is that a legitimate request it seems to me by the way let me just offer my opinion here uh, it seems to me that that giving uh, vaccines to teachers should have been done early on. I, I don't, again, Absolutely. it's a demand now of unions, but I think it should have been done early on. But Brent, let's let you tackle this one. So you ask what the public perception is about yeah, who this are they order. blaming? Who are who they going to blame? blame? Who's the public going to blame? Well, that yeah. presumes, of course, inside that question is that the public is some sort of monolithic block. The public's going to blame a whole bunch of different folks, depending upon which part of the public you talk about. But what we're seeing today, what we continue to see, and it's not just with the idea of going back to school, it's with everything else that has to do with this virus, is what happens when you take a public health issue and you turn it into a political issue. We're also seeing something that uh, the Professor Lipson would uh, love to talk with him for hours about this. Uh, We've also learned a great deal the last 12 months about a question that's been debated for a couple of thousand years, and that is, what is the true nature of man? And I would suggest that Thomas Hobbes had us pegged, and we've proven it. So uh, half of us are a bunch of fearful creatures at the moment. Half of us are trying to take advantage of the fearful. So who they're going to blame for the educational thing depends on whether they're sort of lions or lambs. It depends on whether or not they think that their children are going to go and come home and kill them with a virus, or if they think the virus is a joke. It'll depend on their politics. It'll depend on how they've been persuaded along this by politicians using it at every opportunity as a way to either gain power or or release power or grab some sort of control. And along the way, We have taken a people and fractured them so badly. Who are they going to blame? They'll blame somebody and they'll blame all sorts of different people. And we're a mess. We're not going to come out of this anytime soon. And it won't end when everybody's vaccinated because the divisions are far. Yeah. Go ahead. And and I know he he doesn't identify as a Republican, but we'd love to have you on our side, Brent, when you start talking like that. uh, I want to add one thing what Brent said, which is, um, you know, the American people are not only resilient, but they're also patient. Um, and so far, they've been very patient as scientists in the labs have been doing their work and coming out. And um, we, we desperately were approaching the year anniversary of, of the first outbreak in the U.S. And um, 
folks are really at the breaking point. And, and again, I've got two teenage boys and I know that they're going to talk about the past year the way that I imagine folks talked about uh, in World War II or earlier uh, of just how they suffered That's through this. And I've seen them and their friends really showing extraordinarily courage and bravery. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we try and create an environment for them. Um, we've got great teachers. We've got great administrators. Um, you know, I, I think that to Brent's point, too. But is, we also have some lousy teachers, Michael, mm-hmm. don't you? Sure. Yeah, we do. And we, and, we also, and we also have some folks who use this as an opportunity to advance their own interests. And we have, can you stand as a, as a Democrat and you've, you've been involved in primaries before, uh, you know, some successful, the most recent one not successful. My question to you is, can a Democrat um, speak in support of quality education uh, which might be perceived as some as uh, anti-union. In other words, if, if they were to demand that the schools be open and frankly be damned with what the teachers' union is asking for, could a Democrat survive a primary if that was his or sure. her position? Sure, Yeah, sure they Tony can. did. I mean, yeah, sure they can. Yeah, I mean, Demo- I mean, it's Charles. Yeah, sure they can. And, but but I don't I don't think that's a false premise to say that if the teachers, in some ways, aren't in favor of quality, safe accessible education um and Teachers i, I want mostly in favor of of what's good for them and it it's strange credulity to say that they're doing it for their children the the uh, uh catholic schools in boston which have about thirty-five thousand students have been open all year they have had three three confirmed cases of spread within the school they do not, I mean, you know, three cases where there was an outbreak within the schools. The, uh, they don't have new facilities. They have old facilities. They pay a lot of attention to cleaning, to masks. And, of course, you have to obey the rules. This is a, a problem in our schools, that, that there's a breakdown of order within the schools as there is everywhere else. But I think that uh, the Democrats... A uh, close relationship with the teachers' union is a real liability to them nationally now that people have seen what a problem that is. I would finally say we talk about K-12 schools, but there's a big difference between, say, grades 6 and below where there's just no evidence at all that the kids can bring the the virus with them into schools and anything else and the older kids like you have Michael. well and i want to jump into what charles was saying there too which is the separation between you know k through 12 through high school through college and i mean charles you're on a campus i think here in illinois for example we've seen you know uh, the the higher education folks really leading the way with how you do it especially when it comes to the online learning i mean most virologists say that this is going to happen again in our lifetime. We're going to have another viral outbreak, and we're going to need to be able to adapt quicker and better than we have. And I think I'm hoping that the federal government makes the investment that really only the federal government can to share modules and technology and, and plans the with local schools. The vaccines were all done privately. We had some federal funding, and the main federal funding for that was to start producing vaccines before we knew that they were actually effective. So somebody right. had to put billions in. But the, the problem, 
with uh, the problem we're having now is getting the shots into people's arms. And it looks like the only people who can really do it well is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Bruce, could I, could I very ahead, quickly sure. on the teacher's piece, allow me to shave the group with Occam's razor and say something that isn't going to be terribly popular. Okay. But uh, it seems to me, you know, we always want to have this thought that people are really kind of fundamentally good, right? We all mean well. I think that's provably false. So let's let's use Occam's razor. What's going on here? Teachers unions across the country are basically saying, we don't want to go back in the classroom. We want to stay home. We'll do e-learning. Pay us the same. Leave our benefits the same. Leave our pensions the same. It just sounds to me like this is a way to not work as hard and get paid the same. I don't right. think it's terribly complicated. And yes, I am impugning their integrity. But I'm not just doing it to teachers. I'll happily do it to anyone. But in this case, I think it's just that simple. Well, Judith, I, I just want Judith, 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 response. Do you have a response, Judith? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with Brent. I I think that that is definitely going on here. There is no desire on the part of teachers to get back to school. Uh, the example given about the Catholic schools, I, I think a number of Catholic schools, even in Chicago, have never closed and have been open. Um, I, I think that they just don't want to go back to school. It's a lot easier to turn on your computer and, and teach the kids from home than it is to go in the snow maybe tomorrow and, and go to school and work with your kids, okay? But the teachers but, but the kids but may I think not be learning. I, I, on the other hand, I do think that when they were deciding if they really wanted to open the schools, really, you give the teachers vaccines. I agree with you 100%, Bruce. Teachers should have been in the same group as first responders. If not in the number one group, then certainly in the second group. I just got a vaccine last week. Okay. I would gladly have given my space to a teacher. They okay. need to get We've back to work. We're We've losing a whole generation of children. Again, the music is playing again. <laughs> I hear your voice and the music starts. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation, without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation, seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com because it's your news, your nation. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Here is today's top automotive tech news. I'm Nick Miles. Hyundai Motor Group has announced that it has signed an investment contract with the government of Guangdong province to announce an offshore fuel cell system production facility in Guangzhou, China. Construction is scheduled to begin next month and will be completed by the second half of 2022. The plant will be the group's first fuel cell production based outside of Korea, with the installation capacity to produce 6,500 units of fuel cell systems per year. For more automotive tech news, go to testmiles.com. These may be 
uncertain times, but what is certain is that every family needs a reliable thermometer. Protect your family with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, physicians, and clinics. Stay safe with Exergen. Are you tired of every radio station just sounding the same? On the Smart Talk Radio Network, we give you that alternative you've always wanted. No topics are out of bounds. No agendas being pushed. It really is that revolutionary. Listen for yourself at smarttalkradionetwork.com. Hey guys, Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney here. Every day we get calls from people in all walks of life who all want the same thing, a plan. Whether you're stuck in a pile of debt and want to get out, or you need help setting boundaries with your family, we're here to help. Right here on The Ramsey Show. Get some straight talk on life and money. Listen to The Ramsey Show every weekday starting at 1 p.m. Right here on WCGO Chicago. Good music is alive and well right here on WCGO every Saturday evening starting at 9 p.m. Hello, this is Danny Farrell. Join me, won't you, for the original Big Band Showcase. I'll be covering all those greats from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and some of the good big bands working today. That's the original Big Band Showcase, heard right here on WCGO AM 1590 and 95.9 FM, every Saturday evening at 9 p.m. It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Heart and Home with Exit Realty. Local listings, market conditions, and opportunity. Sunday afternoons at 4 on Chicago Smart Talk. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, I want to go to uh, a caller. We have Kathy, who's calling and listening to us on KLBJ in Austin, Texas. Are you are you listening to us or watching us, Kathy? Um, I'm listening to you today, but I do watch you on YouTube sometimes. Terrific. But, um, Very good. Now, I wanted to say about this, we need to get these kids back to school. And yes. in Texas, there are kids going to school, in school, all over the state. And it's mainly in the cities where the, the teachers' unions have the more pow- most power and they're pushing back. Um, we have a superintendent here who's trying to get, get kids back in school full-time. I mean, here they have the opportunity to go in school or do uh, out of school. Or, and, and in Bastrop, Texas, all of those kids have been in school all year long. In Lakeway, um, it's like that all, of, all over this state and, and other states as well. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. And, and we're not hearing about these horrendous out, outbreaks of corona because these kids are in school. These schools so are just right. dealing with Absolutely. what they've got. And, you, and, yes, and these kids, are, we're doing more harm to these kids with them out of school than in Absolutely. school. Charles, That's go ahead. That's especially true and, for the younger you know, this, kids. And it's especially true for parents who need to go to work because they have younger children. Right. These parents have got to go back to work. It's actually child care. Right. Absolutely. And, well, you know, they've got child care that's available here, too, in in places. So, you know, these excuses, one day a week is not going to school. That's ridiculous. Kathy, let let me thank you. Kathy, let me me thank you very much for calling 
with your perspective, and I'm very interested in it. But I want to ask you a question because I'm I'm a little bit surprised by some of our callers and uh, even uh, email and uh, text this evening. Is no one has really called up and demonstrated any uh, real um, enthusiasm for Donald Trump to remain an active member of the Republican Party and perhaps a candidate for President of the United States. Now, Kathy, I don't know whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, you're calling from Texas, which may... Well, I yes, I'm a, thing. I'm a so Trump my question su- to, supporter. My question, yes. my question to you is, what is your reaction to what happened uh, yesterday uh, with the vote uh, to convict uh, uh, Donald Trump or to... Acquit him, rather. Acquit. 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 Uh, I I think it was it was all for show. Um, we all know what happened on the sixth of January it was horrendous, but that's not representative of who his supporters are. There are seventy four million or more supporters out here who supported this man, and what happened with the uh, how many ever number of people who did actually storm the, the, the Capitol, that really isn't representative of the entire body of people who supported him. We supported his policies. If he were to run again, is that something you would support? Do you like the idea of him running again, or do you think it's time to find someone who agrees with his policies but maybe is a, a you know a less objectionable in a personal way? I think everyone is caught up in this question to all of us about would you vote for him for president again in 2024? I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think we need to deal with what's going on right now. We need to leave this question behind us and move on and ask us what are the consequences of the executive orders that are being pushed across to all of us each and every day Mm -hmm. that nobody is talking about. I wish this this program would talk about the programs and, and... the things that are being changed every day by this president and his administration. Mm-hmm. The, the last administration is gone. We don't know what two or four years is going to bring. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's, what's, what we're going to do about right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, illegal, by the way, just to mention a program note, illegal immigration will be one of our topics for next week. And we do have an immigration lawyer, and I want to hear from her what her interpretation is of what the Biden uh, changes have been in illegal immigrant or immigration policy, because I think that continues to be something that uh, both Republicans and Democrats are, are concerned about, maybe more Republicans than Democrats. But again, there's there's well, again, when you get into the I weeds on these things, I think you need to talk again, about right. immigration because right. we have thousands of Mexicans crossing our border who are not vaccinated. You, you right. talk about this virus, we have people coming into this country who are not vaccinated. Chris, can I, can I, can I ju- jump in and address, I, something you said was so important with regard to talking about what's going on now, sort of paraphrasing what you said. So here's my personal appeal to everyone who voted for Donald Trump in, in 2020. The election is over. Whatever it is you think happened doesn't matter. It's not going to be reversed. 
We need to stop examining the fraud of 2020, and we need to start focusing on what is in front of us. People like us, we're dissidents now. We've sort of lost everything. And all of the, the machinery thing, is against Brent, us. The one, the one thing I would... The one thing I would okay. disagree with that, and that would be, is I don't think we should forget if we believe there was skullduggery and illegal or fraud in any way. I don't think we should forget it. I don't let think it, it should be, be the primary thing right. we bring. It but I, I would like to see, I would like to see Donald Trump and like-minded Republicans. I'd like them to come up with a legislative package that would work at the state level and the federal level that would address some of these issues. I think some of the issues are viable issues. I think they're bipartisan in many ways. But again, I, I would like to ask as opposed to just right. you know, no, anecdotal needs stuff. To be done. Absolutely needs to be done. You've got to pause. Our thanks to Brent Hamachek and Judith Sherwin and Charles Lipson and Michael Carbonacci. Thanks for joining us this evening. Our thanks to Connor McKnight for his assistance in the production of this program. Until next week, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a life. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who isn't? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm. From brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full-spectrum and 0% THC on broad-spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did.